It's Thursday, December 15th, 2022, and you're listening to Last Time on Video Games, the show about retro video games and sometimes some other stuff. You're listening to episode 292. That's got get the Yankee in it. Runtime for this episode is 58 minutes. Welcome to Last Time on Video Games, the podcast that sometimes records two episodes in a year. My name is Jeremy. <laughs> I'm Tyler. Have we done one this year? I can't remember. Probably? Maybe? I think we've done like three this year, actually. I don't, I don't remember. Jeremy's glaring at me because I haven't introduced myself. I can't get away with it anymore. My name is Zach. Man, I don't even remember how we do this podcast. Is now when I say we played Neverwinter Nights because Zach was Yeah, like, I think so, yeah. You know what I hate? Winter. What if it was never winter and there were knights about it that would fight you if it was winter? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Sorry, I'm just looking through the episodes we've recorded of this podcast for this year. Uh, I know we've done at least one. Is it Banjo-Tooie? That's the most recent one. Okay, yeah. What, what, what do you want to guess is the, the earliest episode we did this year? I think we did one in January. Um, I think you're correct. It came out in February, but <laughs> I, <laughs> I mean, say, this one's coming out in December. I'm not, there's no way. Well, November is almost over, but it was Bioshock. We did oh, Bioshock this year. Oh. It seems like we just did it. And also like we did a thousand years yep. ago, like everything in the past and huh. Dragon Quest three and then Banjo-Tooie. Oh, wow. That's four. That's an episode a quarter. I didn't and, realize we did that. And then I recorded an essay on Tunic that no one listened to. And now we're here. Oh, was that was an audio essay. That was, I thought it was, it was just both. an essay essay. It was both. I didn't read it. The audio version was much better. I put music on it and everything. I didn't listen to it either. (laughs) The the, the thing is, I don't play video games anymore. Unless by video games, you mean Final Fantasy XIV. And like, it's not even like I feel like I'm a hardcore Final Final Fantasy XIV player either. I just, I log in. I do some dailies. I watch some bars go up. On Saturday, I do a raid. Sometimes I do a crafting. I feel like on Saturday, I do a raid is an excellent name for an autobiography or something. (laughs) I raid two hours a week. It is not even remotely. That's hardcore. not very intense. Yeah, <laughs> we we have not even finished the previous tier of raids. I mean, I always check whenever I hang out with them how the raid went, and it doesn't sound like they're going very far. Yeah, we cleared the raid on the day I wasn't there, so that made me feel great. <clears throat> uh, meanwhile, James is speed running, getting characters to level sixty, and wow. I mean, that's that's Zach what and I are going to do that tomorrow, minus the speed run. <laughs> Just playing some wow. Yeah. You know, roll a character, look at the shiny new dragons and not play them. Maybe see a duck if we're lucky. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's a game to play with friends. Go to Warcraft Wakanda. Tyler, what have you been playing? We're going to do this weird. Um, oh man, so many things have I been playing since the last time that we recorded. So most recently, I've been really enjoying CrossCode, which is a game I kickstarted on Indiegogo, which is not how you use those <laughs> things together. No, so the problem is, I like, I saw this game coming out. I'm like, this looks sweet and or rad. I threw some money at it, and then they released it in Alpha on Steam. I'm like, well, I don't want to play it until it's actually done. And then two and a half years elapsed, and they announced that they're working on their next game now. 
And I'm like, oh, I should probably maybe finish and or start the first one. <laughs> um, so I've been playing it and it's heckin' rad. Jeremy would probably like it. Zach would probably hate it. So <laughs> kind of game hits it. So it's it's a uh, top-down isometric MMO styled game. It's dot hack though, where you have died and you only exist as a character in this real or in the MMO. But, I did like that when it was called Dot Hack. My, yeah. my opinions of it has varied since it became Sword Art Online. Go on. <laughs> the, the twist is that you are playing in a real world on a human colony about 400 years in the future. And the world you're playing on is a real colony with real humans on it. But you're playing an avatar made out of artificial matter in a sandbox for characters who are playing this game to go play. Um, so it is. So you're an NPC? Kind of. But everyone else is an NPC to you. It's really interesting. <laughs> that's just life, Tyler. That's, what? that's just life. Um, it's really interesting because there are possibly real-world ramifications of anything that happens in the game. But also, you're just playing with a bunch of random people who are just, like, playing the game. And, like, they're just normal-ass humans. And you're a person who has a bunch of shadow government connections who's been injected into the game in hopes of regaining your memories from when you died. People at home, raise your hand if you just lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> Huh? That's weird. It's very interesting. And like the, the ideas or the implications that might be happening are pretty interesting. Also, um, also you get a, it's the sphere grid. The level up system is the sphere, sphere uh, grid, except you get five different sphere grids. I mean, I like the sphere grid as an idea. It could definitely be implemented good if someone wanted to do that. And this is slightly better than the actual sphere grid. I think there are like actual pads that are not circular and you have to like commit to an option and like choose a build. The sphere grid is just like an option web, right? Yeah. This is basically that. It is an option web except like you get a bunch of different elements and certain elements have proclivities towards like certain play styles. So like fire element really wants to promote like aggressive melee combat while ice element is really promoting like defensive melee combat versus wave which is defensive like ranged combat and so, helium is all about and, flying yeah, exactly and suffocation um, <laughs> uh animas there beats the shit out of your enemies um no I, it's that is the fun thing about uh final fantasy i'm sure i told this story but they put anima in it oh no it, i don't think you mentioned this oh yeah and i got to it and like it, it showed up er i knew anima was in this expansion but it showed up earlier than i was expecting it's the boss of one of the dungeons and i'm like ah uh hope it doesn't drag us to hell and jojo punch us <laughs> and then later the time i just typed I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's really interesting because there's like there's like a mystery and like a lot of really good plot hooks, but also then you're just playing an MMO with a bunch of like random teenagers, and that's fun. So would recommend Crosscode's a great game. I've been really enjoying it so far. The other game I've been playing a lot of that I think is just it's heckin' rad. It's probably my favorite game in like a very long time, but it also like feeds into my neurotic speedrunning and perfectionist tendencies is Neon White, whose main character is inexplicably voiced by Spike Spiegel of Cowboy Bebop. I mean, that's I, not inexplicable. That just means they had enough money to hire voice actors. Uh, yeah, they Who hired was a, he voiced by? Steve Bloom. Okay. For, yeah, for some reason, they got Steve Bloom to voice this guy, and he's just using the, the Spike voice, but he's also playing an assassin from the 80s, so it is just Spike Spiegel. I um, mean, that is accurate. That would explain why they just went and got the guy that did Spike Spiegel's Exactly. Voice, because it's just like, our main character is just Spike Spiegel. Yeah, it's just Spike if he had less good fashion. My favorite Steve Blum is in Arkham Asylum when he just plays that cop who gets captured at like the start of the game. <laughs> it's like, we definitely need Steve Blum for this guy, a cop. <laughs> 
who just dies. I think you save him. I think he gets it out. I could be wrong. That's it's been fair. a while since I played that game. So Neon White is like a first-person shooter speed runner game. So it's Star Fox 64. Kind of, except you're not on rails. So, so it's not as good as Star Fox 64. It's so much better, in fact. Um, yeah, I don't know how to... So, like, in order to finish a level, you have to, like, kill all the enemies in the level. The enemies are not really a threat so much as, like, you have to plan an optimal route to get to everything. And then you have, like, eight-ish different weapons that function as either a regular-ass gun or they turn you into a giant fireball and you go flying at them. Uh, but if you do the giant fireball thing, you don't get to use it as a gun anymore. So <laughs> you you have to, like, figure out when the best time to use various weapon abilities and stuff is. That um, just reminds me of a couple of the spe- secondary weapon fires from Perfect Dark. I just exactly, saying, hey, look, yes. Here's my, here's my gun. I turned it into a landmine. This sounds very Time Splitters. It, yeah, it's also very Time Splitters. Um, I mean, Time Splitters was made by people who made Perfect Dark, so that makes sense. Yeah. But it sounds more like where they went than where they were. Yep. Wasn't it Rare? Well, Rare split off into two companies when Microsoft bought them. And one made, is it Picture Perfect? It's something perfect. A bunch of the people who mm, made those games. Microsoft or, bought them after they'd made like Banjo-Kazooie and Banjo-Tooie. Too. Yes. Yep. Yeah, and then some of them split off and made Time Splitters. I thought that was just the baseline... I don't think that's just rare. Not by rare. No, rare did not make time splitters. They were too busy making Viva Pinata and (laughs) Banjo Kazooie. What if there were cars? (laughs) Which actually doesn't sound like as crazy an idea these days. But I don't know. Neon White's really rad. It's got a bunch of like really terrible anime influence, but also it's like just a like the speed running is so smooth and so tight. Also, levels are like about thirty seconds, which is like an excellent length of level to speed run. So, would recommend that also. Very fun game. We played Deep Rock Galactic. Um, I want to play more of that. That was, that was, that a, was lot a blast. Of fun. Um, I saw my, it popped up in my YouTube timeline, and I just got this sad, like, ah, oh, I want to watch it. I'm like, no, I would be, that's not playing video games with your friends and then watching them play them <laughs> is sadder than just not playing video games with your friends, Jeremy. <laughs> that, that would be a bad time. That's fair. Well, if you have time, energy, and enthusiasm, we should play some Deep Rock Galactic. It's stupid space dwarves. What else have I been playing? Pokemon, obviously. Um, <laughs> I assumed you were going to say that last so we could transition. I was, and I can't. I literally can't think of anything else I've been playing is the problem. We'll, we'll transition with Pokemon, and then as is tradition, you'll be yes, like, oh, exactly. Yeah. I am the Grumpus, and I'm like, I'm not buying a Pokemon game until Game Freak starts caring about making Pokemon games. So I guess I'm never buying another <laughs> Pokemon game. So how far are you in Pokemon? Um, I just beat the fourth gym, so... And got the second sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> so what, two gyms? How many of the bases have you taken down? I think only one, actually. I passed by one, but could not figure out how to get into it. So <laughs> I mean, that seems like that should be the bad guy villain's plan, right? Is to just make it difficult for children to get into their base. And then except for the fact that it's like an on-campus gang. I could have hopped into it with my sweet dinosaur bike. I am disappointed that the villains just seem to be what the villains themed like they were going to be in Sun and Moon before they made a twi- twist. Capitalism is the villain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not too fond of the way they went with the villains, although they do make for good training partners. In uh, Sun and Moon? No, in in Scarlet and Violet. Are there villains in this game? I mean, they're the team, so I'm describing them as the villains. You mean a bunch of hipster teenagers who went out and started hippie communes? 
Yeah, yeah that I, sounds like the villain. Yeah, I, I'm disappointed with them being the villains. Since, like I said, it seemed like they were the villains at Sun and Moon, but then it was the hot capitalist who was the villain. <laughs> so, I guess... I do not think that... There is not an evil team to fight in this game. There is a bunch of hipster teenagers to fight in this game. So, are the Titans the same, the first one? You, since you're going clockwise, right? Um, no, I'm going counterclockwise now. I started clockwise, and I'm like, no, screw that, so I'm going the other so way. So, did you fight the bird? No, I've not fought a bird. The bird, 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 bombardier. I don't. know. <laughs> no, I have fought a big crab and a large worm. Okay, so I went. I guess I went. I don't know why I was. I said. I think I said counterclockwise. I went clockwise. You went west first. Did yes. You go anti-clockwise. Did you go countercultural and no, join Team like, Star? <laughs> I mean, no. I absolutely trounced them though. Okay, so my, my one big... Okay, there are a lot of technical issues with this game. That's, um, a, that's a way to put it. My biggest one is the oversight that they made with Clive. They ch- forgot to change the hair color of his goatee, and I'm really disappointed with that. <laughs> Please tell me you saw through that one. <laughs> yes, immediately. <laughs> it's so good. Is he the guy who I described to my brother as Camper Nick Fury? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I don't think so. No, the headmaster of your uh, of your school is like a six year old man. You go to Catholic like, school. In you this go to game. Catholic school. Yes, <laughs> that's kind of great. He's like an old, vaguely fashionable guy with like a pointy goatee, but he really doesn't like Team Star because he's like them hooligans. So in order to join you, because you're actually being contracted by a mysterious voice over the phone to go so destroy Arceus? them. Uh, no, it's not Arceus this time. I think it's just some dude. It, it's um, someone who hacked uh, your phone. Remember when Legend Arceus starts with a god? I know. <laughs> you into the past. Man, uh, this game can't be that good. No, it's it's fun in very different ways, but I like it's my favorite mainline Pokemon game, and I wish it had more Arceus in it. But not the Arceus, the Pokemon, Arceus, the game. But so your headmaster, in order to join up with you, because the mysterious voice doesn't trust him, dresses up as a like greaser um with like like a a big pompadour wig to like follow you around and he's like hey there i'm clive i'm a cool cat i play guitar and i love (laughs) how your interactions with him are you can still just call him by the director's name he's like no i'm clive and you're like yeah sure you are Clive Uh, barker it's so great because he's wearing like shorts and like a biker jacket it's so bad so like professor oak's swell brother Exactly, yes. Uh, Professor Dogwood, I don't know. I thought that was the guy from Sun and Moon. Yeah, I don't remember what his name is, though. So he's Professor Oak's swell brother. Oh, wait. Kukiri? Is that? Oh, no. No, that's the actual professor, isn't it? Who is secretly a luchador? Yeah, is that not who you're talking about? No, there's also Professor Oak's, like, Hawaiian brother. Oh, Alolan Oak? Yes. I did not remember this person. Okay. I I didn't remember Alolan form Oak. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he shows up shortly before Red and Blue on their honeymoon. Scarlet and Violet has been just a lot of fun. It's like, it's an open world Pokemon game in the way I've wanted them to make an open world Pokemon game in a while. Um, What does Pokemon gain from being open world? A lot more stuff to explore. Like, the problem is Arceus has a lot of just, like, nothing in the middle of nowhere. They actually put stuff places. I was going to say, that seems like this. a huge improvement over Sword and Shield. Does it have dungeons? Did they remember to put those in this game? Kind of, Yes. There, there are areas that I would classify as dungeons, but there are no, like, actual transitions between things, so. But there are places that you can go into and not have a picnic and immediately restore all of your health, so. Oh, by dungeons, I mean, like, Mount Moon. 
Yeah, no, there there are things like that. Yes, Zach apparently did not notice any of them as he wandered through them. I but Sword and Shield, they just didn't put any in. There's an elevator that uh, is like, I'm a dungeon. You have to fight people on me. I'm an elevator, and that's the, it. There, there is more of that in this game than there was in Sword and Shield. I mean, I think one of the, I, it's kind of a nice thing. On the other hand, it kind of sucks. Um, to fight trainers, you have to actually go talk to them. Yeah, there's I'm, no more of. We've locked eyes. Now we must do battle to the death. You know why they did that, I assume. Because, because they couldn't be asked to actually code in a vision cones? No, I assume they tried multiple times and they kept glitching through terrain or some <laughs> And they're like, yeah, we'll just skip that. Uh, I would have loved it, though, if the hikers just came through the mountain. <laughs> like the Kool-Aid man. Oh, yeah. Face my Geodude. <laughs> or you, you enter the zone and they're like all the way across the map. And they and they glitch and it's like I challenge you and you're like you know the swimmers would be swimming on the beach yeah the grass. <laughs> there are no swimmers well yeah again because they couldn't figure out how to like well also you can't go into the water really really your car doesn't have floaties well, at some point yes, I assume you get it eventually but I have not yet you can it's not that hard I think you're actually one away from getting it I expect so. I don't know. It's just a lot of fun. I've been having a lot of fun just like wandering around finding new Pokemon to catch. Um, I have one whole shiny, which is the most shinies I've ever gotten in a non-RCS game. I mean, it's one less than I have. Yeah. Jen also has two. I have three now, actually. But The only two that I have is I got a Go-Goat and I got the new Ghost Dog. Yeah, Houndstone. Yeah, that's what um, it is. Jen would murder something for a shiny Houndstone, so... I don't know why it doesn't look that good. Well, no, it's because she's obsessed with Houndstone. So. It's because she wants to collect all the different Houndstones. Yes. Male, female, shiny male, shiny female. I think the thing that I, one of the, like, the random things, I guess, that I really liked about it is that now you can actually field an entire pack if you want to. So you can have six different dog Pokemon. You can, yes. It's, it's not, not a very a good, good team, team but Because let's can. see, it, it's Houndoom. Arcanine. Fido. Arcanine. No, what, 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 is, what, what does Fido evolve? I don't into? remember what it's uh, named. It's it's like a, it's a doctioned looking thing. Is it it's Doxbun? Do, yeah, Doxbun. Doxbun. Uh, Arcanine, Houndstone. I think I've got the last one. I'm drawing a. Blank. Was, I don't know what the oh, electric one's uh, called. Uh, whatever uh, Pugnacious evolves into, Mastobiff or whatever. Oh yeah, uh, Ma Mabostiff. I can think of two more. I just can't think of their names. And then there's Lightning Dog, and then there's the Black and White Dog. Well, he's not. They're not in this. Oh, they're not. Okay, you can have a full pack in this game. Um, and well, then uh, the one that I was going to when because I, I couldn't remember what it was was Lucario because Lucario's a dog. Yeah, that's right. Oh man. Also, uh, one of the nice things about it being an open world is that you can just wander into places you shouldn't be. Um, and try to catch some Pokemon that you can't c control. Which you can actually do in Arceus, you can just go places and catch a level 60 Pokemon, and it's fine with that. In this, you can catch a level 60 Pokemon, then it'll ignore the fuck out of you until you have all the badges. But I did find a level 75 Terraform Lucario, just in the middle of nowhere while my party's like level 30. Oh yeah, I think so, I know where he is. Yeah, the one in the cave. You, mm -hmm. you nailed the one. Like, does that make the game better, though? Because I feel like the level... They've been struggling with the level curve for a while now, and they finally fixed it in Sword and Shield. And it feels like they drop kicked it to the moon for this game because they're like, actually, what if you just face the gyms in any order? And the levels were just set. So that's the that's the thing is that because the levels are set, your last couple of gyms are going to be a total pushover because that's what it was with me. Uh, I guess tilting into that, I've also been playing a lot of Pokemon. 
I'm in post game. I beat it already. You got the wild Jigglypuff. Huh? The primal Jigglypuff. I got the paradox Jigglypuff. The scream tail is what it's called. Horrifying. But the last two gyms were just so easy because they like maxed out at like the ice and ghost gyms at like level 30. Yeah, and I, I've seen everyone complaining about the fact that uh, why do they not have teams based on how many gyms you've beaten? Yeah, or at least level scaling, even if they didn't have teams. Yeah. I mean, in post-game, you can go fight the gyms again, and, pre- and theoretically, they have stronger Pokemon. That's what they said they would do now. But other than that, like I haven't gone and done any of that because I've been doing something else. Yeah. Mainly, I've been trying to prep my Azumarill for the upcoming Charizard challenge. Why an Azumarill specifically? Because it's against the Charizard. Okay, yes, but why not like a rock type or any other water type or... Because Azumarill, fairy type. Is the upcoming... It's Terra to Dragon. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. So... So I'll have to wing attack at you. So I need to... slash, probably. The one that I'm actually working on, I actually need to go get a bunch of fairy shards so that I can actually change my Azumarill's Terra type to fairy, which is really annoying. What's up, Tyler? Tyler remembered something else he's been playing. Go yep, for it. Yeah, no, I, I have fulfilled the tradition. You know what I've played and then beat and then forgot about in the times since we last recorded was Cult Probably of the... Probably many games. Many games. Um, Cult of the Lamb, specifically. Oh, that game seems like it exists. Yep, it was fun. How have neither you or I played Omori? The what now? Oh, it's like an indie horror game that's JRPG-ish, where you have stances that are your feelings, and you have anxiety and depression as stances. This sounds like exactly my sort yeah. of bull- <laughs> <laughs> That's why Jeremy is asking how neither of you have played this game. It's on Switch, even. I'm trying to think if I've even heard about it. I don't know, but that's going on my list of things to consider very strongly. But yeah, no, I play Call of the Lamb. It was a fun game. Um, would recommend. I have nothing bad to say about Call of the Lamb other than it could have been a much better game. So that is something bad to say about it. It needed a little bit more like work put into its variety and design, but it got a little monotonous towards the end. Anyway, that was called the Lamb. Fun game. So back to Pokemon here. I, I clear like I said, I cleared the game, and in the entire time I played, I only ever lost one fight. I have lost zero. I was so gonna say far. that seems like an impressively high number of fights to lose in a Pokemon game to me. So the reason why I lost this one fight was it was because it was against the champion when she pulled out a Pokemon that was brand new and I didn't know what it did. Ah. And then it happened to sweep my not optimized team in the slightest. Like, I think I had a Backscalibur, a Tyranitar. Like, I had a ton of things that were weak to ground, and I think it has Earthquake. Gotcha. So well, just, that's what you put on your sweepers, Earthquake. Yeah, so it that, just, that's why you have a flying Pokemon to switch into Earthquake. Yeah, see, I don't think I had a flying type Pokemon because this wasn't a this wasn't an optimized team by any means. This you was didn't just bring like, these are all just cool a Pokemon. flamingo, the Pokemon <laughs> that's literally just a flamingo. <laughs> no, <laughs> just a flamingo. The Justice Flamingo sounds like a great Pokemon. You could give it like Justice Kick. Oh, please tell me they gave Lucha an evolution in this game. They did. What are not. they doing? It is in this game. Zero out of ten. <laughs> uh, I think the only old Pokemon that got an evolution in this game is Primate. How did they not give like an El Santo Lucha? <laughs> I, I, I can work on this name. Give it like literal angel wings. Make it up. Because <laughs> yeah, uh, Primate got uh, Annihilate. Annihilate, which, which is, is a good name. Ghost to be fighting. Fair. I didn't realize how much I wanted the fair, the new fairy steel type Pokemon, the Tinkatuff. Is it hammer. not just garbage? Because I feel like it's just garbage. It's great. 
Like, I don't know if it's a good Pokemon, but I absolutely love it. Now okay, that that's one. fair. Now that, now that I'm actually having one in my team, and I had a thought, like, this thing is actually going to be really good for fighting this five-star cloister that's over here, the Terra's to Dragon. Yeah, it does seem like the breakout Pokemon. It's the one I've seen. It might just because it's vaguely feminine shaped, though. It has the sec. It reminds me a lot of Poppy from League of Legends. Yes. Um, the problem is, I started training the base form, and it has such bad stats at level twenty-five or something. It was getting wrecked by level fifteens. I'm has like, what do I do with this? Best, like the second highest base damage ability in the game. Okay. Like, at its final evolution, it's Gigaton Hammer. Has like 150 base damage. That makes up for its power. horrible stats. Well, that's assuming it's not like a Dratini situation, too. Where no, it's, it's, its stats go up dramatically. No, its final evolution, its uh, base stat total is 320. Mm. That's nothing. That's, that's not good, nothing. Right. But it's also fairy steel type. Yeah, so it's got a lot of good typing. Yeah. Uh, it's no Zacian, but. Oh. And I did find out that, um, sorry, Tyler, I can't get you a steel type Meowth. Oh, no. How did you get that? Surprise trade. Okay. Uh, I tried breeding it, uh, and I got normal Meowths. Okay. So I can't get you a Berserker. They, they just evolve into Persians? When no, they're just standard them? Meowths. Yeah, so are the Meowths in... No, the Meowths in Sword and Shield were... Are they steel, different? They were actually Steel-type. Oh, I thought they just evolved into Berserker. They had a different typing, and they looked different. Okay, never mind then. So I, I, I got those this. from, from uh, Surprise Trade. I got a lot of stuff from Surprise Trade. I got both of the other starters from it, which... Theoretically, I was supposed to trade with that with uh, Tyler and Jen to get the other two starters, but I but don't now you need have them. them because I already had them. It feels like the Fire Crocodile was a more popular option because I got a lot of them. Just based on how many you found. How many were traded to me. Yeah, I want Donald Duck. That's the starter I want. Me and my gay duck saw you wounded on the beach, so we offered you a sandwich. How you feeling there, bud? Yeah, I mean, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, they're not bad games. It is the most fun I've had with a non-RC... To, to be fair, RCS. Mm. It's my favorite Pokemon since the last one that came out. Exactly. Uh, no, to be fair, R RCS is just very good, and I wish they... I hope they expand on the ideas there. But as far as, like, a, quote, mainline Pokemon game goes, this is actually my favorite one maybe ever. I ju it's just a lot of fun. I mean, clearly I enjoyed it. I beat it in, like, three days. Anything else you want to talk about, Zach? So the uh, I think the other big one that I want to talk about is I've actually played a bunch of MechWarrior 5. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, this is a game that I feel like would be a lot more fun to play with friends because the AI is not too good. Okay. <laughs> and a lot of the levels, especially because you have to do a few of them, especially if a level goes bad on you, so you have to spend a lot of money to repair your mechs that you have to go back to earlier stages to remain solvent. So you go back and do stages that you've already, not, not necessarily that you've already done because you can't redo them, but you know, you have to go back and do earlier stages just to make money. So it gets kind of tedious. So having friends playing with you would make it a lot more of an enjoyable experience to go do stuff like that, as well as probably keep your mechs in a better shape. Now, if I were to play with like you guys, I wouldn't actually hold out a lot of hope for that because you've never played a game like that before. So you're I not played going Mech to keep Warrior playing. Two back also, in 1992. That's, a, that's or what I was about to say. <laughs> I, I recently found my copy of Mech Warrior Two in a yearbook. <laughs> but like, you know, being brand new, I wouldn't expect anything out of anybody. That's my point. But because of the way they did some of the mission types, like. Enemies don't stop respawning, basically. 
on okay. some of the missions. So you have to go like break down an entire base. And because your AI won't do it, it's only you trying to destroy this base. So your guys are taking a beating while you're trying to get this knocked out. And it's really frustrating at times. So it's not a bad game. I would like to try a co-op at some point, but at the same time, I'm also not going to ask people to go buy it. I know Steam Autumn Sale is coming up. Steam Autumn Sale is currently running. Oh, there you go. Disclaimer, by the time you listen to this, Steam Autumn Sale is almost certainly over. (laughs) It might be time for Steam Winter Sale. Uh, I think my favorite feature that they added in this game, in MechWarrior 5, is something that has never been in a previous MechWarrior game. Sandwiches. You can punch enemy mechs. (laughs) If you have a hatchet man, can you hatchet enemy mechs? Yes. I presume so. I don't have the DLC are, that actually has the hatchet. Are there in any it. other melee weapons in Mech Warrior? Uh, Surely someone built a broadsword, which is a in, mech that has a in BattleTech. There are swords. They don't do as much damage as hatchets, but they are easier to hit with. On the this is on the tabletop. They also have claws, talons, and maces are included weapons. Can you explain to me how claws and talons are fundamentally different? <laughs> talons are for your feet. Okay. Claws are for your hands. Okay. Claws are nasty because they hit on the punch table, which basically means a one in six chance of taking somebody's cockpit off. I was going to say how much rum is in it, but... But that game is... It's pretty fun. It's got some a good variety of different mechs in it. It doesn't have any clan mechs because it takes place before the clan invasion of the Mech Warrior universe. So no Mad Cat, no Thor, no Direwolf, none of that stuff is in there. But... I'm having fun with it whenever I'm, I'm... I'm kind of petered out on it because, like I said, I kind of want people to play with because the higher tier ones kind of get a little bit frustrating because it's like, okay, I cleared that mission. Now I have to repair everything, go back and earn a bunch more money so that I can try another high-level mission. Yep. So... Because the AI sucks too much to actually do things without wrecking their mechs. And you get wrecked too because there's just so much stuff going on. It is what it is. Like, it, it's fine for what it does... I think it would be better with friends and procedurally generated maps. Like they all kind of start feeling the same. That's one problem with procedural generated maps is like, okay, I dropped into this map. Yeah. It's uh, the same as last time I did this. Yay. There's nothing in it because why would there be? But other than that, like the last couple of days, mostly because we played it on the tabletop is I bought wingspan on my computer. Oh, right. And I've been playing a little bit of that. How is that game? Because it's something I have to stock at Walmart, and I've been curious about it. I like Wingspan. It's yeah. it's fun. It's You have to get, like, how is it described? It's not worker placement, but it's like an action economy it's game. Like, yeah, it's work worker placement, but you're not competing with people on where you're placing your workers. So it's more like an engine building game. I don't know. It won a whole mess of medals when it came out. So um, <laughs> You mean awards? Oh, uh, no, they, they actually give them medals in Europe. Uh, <laughs> so, like, when you're playing it, you have to get food for your birds, play your birds, have your birds lay eggs so you can play more burbs, and then you have to, you know, get more burbs to play more burbs. Yeah. Staple the birds together to make their wingspan longer. Exactly. Um, no, you only have four actions you can take at any given point, so it's, it comes down to, like, building extra actions around taking any of those actions. And you can only do one at a time. Yeah, so, like, certain birds will do a thing when, like, you gather food. And then, so, like, if you want to build a food engine, you want to, like, play a bunch of birds in the food region. 
so that every time you get food, a bunch of birds are like, I want food too. And then you have a bunch of seagulls. And, and like some of them, will only, <laughs> some of them you can only play in certain locations because you have three areas of play. Some of them you can only play in your forest. Some of them you can only play in the plains. And some of them you can only play in the in the uh, river. And the, the problem with describing a board game is like, and then you activate your cheese engine. Yeah, then, yeah, <laughs> look, I know. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's quite fun. I like Wingspan quite a bit. It is one of my favorite games of this genre, although it's also like, I don't know what, like a 20 or 30 minute play, uh, if everyone knows what they're doing. Something so. like that. Yeah, at least on the on the PC, it plays pretty quick. The PC is kind of cool because whenever you click on a bird, it, it plays, has the bird cry. Yeah, it plays the actual noise that the bird makes. Um, exactly. <laughs> I think that enemy got the point. <laughs> No, it's pretty fun. Also, the, the, the fact that it has a Steam implementation. Um, I know Katie and Ed also own it, so maybe we should like try to play one with them sometime. Well, we still want to try and play like a Spirit Island yeah. some point this month. Or, you know, some point ever. At ever. Ever, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to talk about, Zach? Well, I think I'm contractually obligated to mention League of Legends. No, Riot is not paying you. You are paying them. Huh. They added Pokemon. Yeah. So in, in in the next season, the jungle item is now a Pokemon, basically. You, you have a little companion that follows you around and will level up and evolve. <laughs> so, hey, Jeremy, what Final Fantasy fourteen have you been playing? Uh, I, I so told you already, fourteen. We fought Anima, fought Barbarichia, fought a hippo. Chimera. Fought a hippo. <laughs> it's like half hippo, half horse or something. I don't know. Okay. It keeps killing us. A horsegriff. It shouldn't be this hard. Um, but no one can stand in the right place. Seven out of eight people can stand in the right place. <laughs> I think it's half hippo, half wolf, actually. That's way scarier than a hippo and, horse. And like they can detach from one another. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think I think a hippo horse is actually more scary. Why is that? Well, because a hippo will crush you and a horse is a lot faster. Yeah, but a wolf has teeth. Yeah, but have you ever been kicked by a horse? No, as testament to the fact that I'm alive right now. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they don't do as much damage as a house cat to a wizard, so. That is true. Hey, as a wizard who just took house cat damage recently, can confirm <laughs> cats will kill you if you don't have antibiotics. Uh, yeah, this is a good transition. I was asking my brother what he wanted to see in the new edition of D&D. He's like, I don't know. I guess I'd like it if a house cat couldn't kill a low-level player anymore. I'm like, <laughs> no, that's just part of D&D. Is that true in 5th edition still? Yeah, I mean, if you're a wizard, yeah. I mean, you start out with six plus constitution they're like eight hit points so a cat gets like three attacks so it has to hit you with all of them it's not like the cat has a good chance but oh it's not like in three five where the cat could sneeze on you and you'd die yeah i i told someone this recently and i don't know if it's true that a wizard had one d4 hit dice in three five yeah in three five it was a d4 hit die yeah so you could just be killed by a cat if constitution was a bad sat for you was the sorcerer a d4 or was he a d6 he was also a d4 okay i couldn't remember if he was I and think I think those Bard were the only rogue were the only D sixes in the base I think, book. I think Druid was was a D six. I think Druid's D eight with cleric because they're no. supposed to be melee ish. Well, Ranger was a D was a D eight. Ranger's D ten with fighter and paladin. Is it? Yeah. Huh. I thought it was a D eight. Barbarian range supreme. <laughs> the only <laughs> thing D12. that ever uses a D twelve for <laughs> anything. Yeah, isn't it basically the only reason why the battle axe does a D twelve damage in fifth edition is because it's always done a D twelve damage and they were trying to get rid of the D twelve. Yeah, that's why Greatsword does two D six. I mean, to be fair, that makes them like the two most differentiated weapons in 5e, where, where weapon differentiation is, differentiation is like, I don't know, this one does piercing damage. <laughs> That's one of the things they promised for the new edition is fighters can do stuff with weapons. <laughs> so, so that they're different. Uh, we played Neverwinter Nights. 
<laughs> it sure is 3-5 D&D in here. You know what's not a good game, actually? 3-5 D&D, especially if you don't have a dungeon master who knows what's going <laughs> on in 3-5 D&D and can yeah. like design fights for you. Yeah, and turn. especially if it's not turn-based and the things just kind of j- fly at you and say attack of opportunity over their head whenever appropriate. It turns out it turns into kind of a mess. As the guy on the podcast who doesn't like Knights of the Old Republic because its combat system is awful, see our Knights of the Old Republic episode. This game, no me gusta, El Neverwinter Nights. <laughs> I feel like this one actually has it worse than Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, Hard yeah. Agreed. Yeah, Hold, agreed. <laughs> and I think a lot of the problem with that is because it's basically just a rip of a 3-5 combat, combat book, Whereas Knights of the Old Republic cleaned it up a little bit more for actually being treated as a game. And had H- as, as a as an electronic game. And had HK in it, who is the best character in any Bioware game. I don't know what you're talking about, Meatbag. <laughs> also, it has that twist that everybody likes. Yep. Whereas this game's story is, have you played D&D recently? Where, where, have you played D&D with a 13-year-old? Where it's his story too interesting for you. Ours has a Githyanki in it. <laughs> also, is Forgotten Realms the worst D&D setting? I know nothing about Forgotten Realms, uh, Driss is there. Elminster is there. Uh, Forgotten Realms is kind of like the big one right now, because that's also where 5th edition is supposed to be taking place, is that it's assuming Forgotten Realms. 5th edition now takes place in Spelljammer, and you can Spelljam to other universes. Well, I mean, when it... When it I didn't realize yeah, it was a defa- that, but default it was supposed to be... Forgotten Realms. Yeah, but they w- decided that they didn't want to make rules every month, but they still needed to make a book every month. So they just put a bunch of campaign settings out and was like, if you want to go from campaign setting to campaign setting, we just reinvented Spelljammer. So, I mean, it you makes... can fight a giant space crab and then get there. It makes some sense that you wouldn't know a whole lot about Forgotten Realms, Tyler, mostly because of the fact that, like, you don't tend to read a lot of those kind of things. Nope. And whenever we played D&D, we always played in our own settings. Like, we'd, we'd never played in an established setting. I think the first time we ever used, like, an established setting was the, when we played in, uh, like, Dark Heresy or, uh, what's it what's it called? Um, why am I drawing a blank on this? Why, we played Star Wars. Weird, weird West. Oh, yeah, Star Wars. I, I'd forgotten about that. that oh, Deadlands? Some people, thank you. Deadlands is the one I was thinking of. Some people may argue Star Wars is an established setting. Yeah, I really don't like this implementation of the 3-5 rules. I really don't like the movement mechanics in this game, which feel incredibly clunky. Or the yeah. Camera movement. They 3-5 is a turn-based game, and this is not, and it really like just makes me feel like I'm fumbling with my clicks. It's point and click to aim spells, and they messed it up. And how did they mess it up? <laughs> I feel like this game would actually work a lot better if they'd given you a grid that you could... that Like, when combat starts, it throws up a grid. Yep. For you to, to move the, around to the extent on. that I was surprised that there wasn't just a grid to move around on anyway, given how my character walk like I could tell my, that my character was walking on a grid. Why is there not just a grid there? Yeah, they've still got a couple of the old holdovers. Like if I remember it, Q and E, they turn your character, mm-hmm. and it's kind of awkward to control with the keyboard. I was always trying to control it with the mouse, but they also have the problem of you can't go too far away from your character to give them directions on the overworld. <laughs> Yeah, and sometimes it looks on the mini-map like you can get over that hill, but you can't. You have to go around that hill. Yeah, I'm trying to decide. Well, we've been talking about this game for a while. I'm trying to decide where to actually start with it because the plot's not anything to talk about. Well, I mean, you start, That's you, exciting. you start out, your tutorial is, hey, look, here's a uh, here's our festival. So Which you I, go through the, the standard combat tutorial, and here's how you do spells. Here, here's how you beat somebody with a stick. You know, <laughs> it goes through all of that stuff. 
And then, oh no, it's attacked. And they're after you for re- undefined reasons. I it, thought they were after a mystical item, and you happen to be you. in the way. No, you, you are the you, you have the mystical item in you. Remember, that's that's part of the plot, is that you yeah. have part of it. Yeah, so th- then your friend who is a wizard dies, because having a wizard in the party at the start would be overpowered, which is why you play a wizard, and then you color spray things. And then, because <laughs> in this game, you just need to shut your eyes for a few minutes to get all your spells back. And there are no consequences for doing so. You shut your eyes for a few minutes to get your spells. Yeah, I forgot about that when we were making our notes, is that you can just take a rest anywhere with no consequences. So long as you're not too close to enemies. But you just, it's like, oh, no, there's enemies here. Then So you just back away a little bit more until you find a spot where you can rest and get all your spells back. The DM's nightmare of the five-minute adventuring day is in full effect. <laughs> you, you, you rock in, you cast a wish on everything. Wish it was all elsewhere and not my problem. Take a nap and go back to wishing. Yeah, so I wish, and part of the problem I feel like is that most of the combats, as we discussed, tend to devolve into weird melees, and sometimes you will absolutely walk over them, and other times it just is like, oh yeah, this time, no. You, you lose this one because we said so, and it's really frustrating whenever that happens. Especially since it has an old school, hope you saved style and no i haven't saved this game is easy and i haven't needed to save in six hours and oh no there goes six hours of my life to never winter nights there is an auto save when you go through some of the some of the um zone transitions i thought i couldn't find it my only option was to load from my last manual save i don't know if i just didn't find it or if that was turned off for me for some reason huh because i thought there was one i also didn't have it on so Maybe I turned it on and didn't realize it. I don't know. Yeah, my biggest problem with the combat in this game, like, honestly, it works all right. It's it's serviceable. Um, And honestly, I think the best part of this game, which is, you know, saying something. My biggest problem is I was playing a cleric and like, I'm going to buff my party. My party one is made of a bunch of dumb rocks. I mean, that's what you want as a party buffer. Uh, no, you want the, three barbarians. Yeah, well, I did not have any barbarians was the problem. And they were too stupid to go attack the enemy for me. So I was doing a lot of melee. Uh, which, you know, as a cleric, not terrible. But I often wanted to, like, you know, cast a healing spell, and the targeting would just randomly choose not the person I clicked sometimes. And I did, I could never tell why. Targeting That's... anything in this game is kind of a nightmare. Um, I found using potions also tended to be a little bit of a nightmare. But that's because interacting with your inventory is... Not great. Yeah, sometimes you try to enlarge your friend, but then you the spider next to him gets enlarged instead. And you're like, <laughs> well, that was a great use of my spell slot. I guess I'll take a nap so that I get it back. <laughs> I was going to say, also, the, the uh, characters that you get in your party are just... They're okay for some one-liners, and then you get the same one-liner over and over. They're, and they're kind of prototype characters. They're very for, archetype, yeah. For later uh, Bioware-esque characters. Like, the tiefling Nishka, I think her name is, definitely a prototype for mission in... Knights of the Old Republic. Like, there's definitely a similarity there. There, There is a lot of, man, this game is going to be so good when it gets around to be Dragon Age. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that. Or like, you know, this game was better when it was Baldur's Gate, but that's a very different game, arguably. No, my problem with a, lot, a lot with the characters is that, like, you don't really get to choose who's in your party. Like, you don't get to build a party. And, like, I designed a cleric around being a support character, but, like, no one else can do any of the persuasion checks for me. So I guess I have to be good at talking to people now. Well, and I mean, clerics are charisma casters, so you should have a high charisma. Yeah, stat. no, but they're my, wisdom casters. 
Yeah. They're wisdom casters. They've always been wisdom casters. Yep. You're oh, you bards? know what? I think I'm getting mixed up because paladins are charisma casters. Now yep. they are. Um, they weren't 3-5. They no. were wisdom casters in 3-5, weren't they? Yeah. Because yep. divine casters were wisdom casters in 3-5. Yep. Yes. My real problem is like I wanted to play a support character and the game is not built around you playing a support character. I think it's kind of built around you playing a melee frontliner, actually, because you... I'm thinking about the characters that I can remember you getting. You get mostly like casters and ranged characters. Well, and the fact that it doesn't tailor that to you at all and you get no choice in it is like, I don't know. Kind of like they, they give you this like incredible character build system. And, well, incredible in quotation marks. It's fine. It's a serviceable character build system. It's pretty good for the time. It's pretty good like, for the time. Look, yeah. I want to kick this game in the uh, nads. What are they called? Not yeah, not non AC defenses as much as I can. <laughs> I didn't like it, but the character creation is pretty good. It, once you figure out how it works, and as an expert in three five, who's made many characters for many people, when you figure out how the interface works to get to it, because you already know three five because you've been reading it since you were fourteen, and you literally had a nose hemorrhage onto <laughs> page fourteen, and it has been stuck in uh, with your blood for <laughs> the last twenty years. I it's was, a pretty good character creation system. I actually remember when I played this the first time, pegging off what he said. I actually played it with a friend of mine, like on his computer. We tended to we switched off, but like I had to kind of walk him through what everything did because the game doesn't really tell you what things do in three five. It's just like here's all this stuff, and it's like no. I'm, my problem is not necessarily with the character creation so much as the realm of characters you can create and the realm of characters that are actually good for playing this game with. Yeah, it does not tell you, hey, maybe you want to make a charismatic fighter bro, because yeah. that's what we expect you to play. I think, um, I can't remember exactly if any of your other characters can switch classes, but I do know that if you go through the your dwarven party members, like, quest line, influence line, whatever you want to call it, he can actually change class to a monk. Oh, interesting. I didn't bother, so... <laughs> but I don't remember if any of the other ones can, and I do not blame you for not going through it because i think because it's also if i remember it kind of tedious that actually i think that is a perfect summation of this game for me is a lot of it felt kind of tedious well i think you summed it up perfectly earlier when you said this game is going to be great when it turns into dragon age yeah because like for instance in like the second half of this game you get access to a keep they give you a keep they're like here you go and that reminded me a lot of the dragon age uh dlc where you take over a province because you do a lot of the same kind of stuff. Yeah, I really like that you're rewarded to keep. I do not think the thing that you do to get rewarded to keep is worth being rewarded to keep for. But I can't remember what it is. Uh, you fend off a, a, an attack or something. I don't know. It's the end of the first act, basically. I mean, that's what you get keeps for, right? Medievally yep. is fending <laughs> off an attack. I mean, that's what you get in Dragon Age 2 as well. Or dra not Dragon Age 2, Dragon Age also. This seems like a much less dramatic attack. There's a lot more gravitas to the Dragon Age horde. And your character from that may, may or may not be dead. Yep. I also, there is alignment on our, our paper here. Do uh, we yeah, want to talk about it that? It wants to be like a Bioware morality system really bad. But really it just puts you in whatever alignment it wants. And some uh, prestige classes have alignment requirements, so... I mean, playing a paladin in this game sounds like a nightmare. I feel like <laughs> this is kind of the thing where you shouldn't require an alignment. Like, honestly, most of the alignment requirements on, uh, what's it called, on prestige classes in D&D &D were always kind of silly. But I think a lot of the 3-5 prestige classes were never intended for players anyway because of the wacky, like, requirements they had. But, yeah, I 
this game is very much on the hey here's where the uh here's the alignment and this is what you required why did you take that choice <laughs> yeah like i've had dms change alignments before this will do it at the drop of a hat this is like you obeyed a law you are now lawful you crossed <laughs> in the crosswalk you are lawful now <laughs> you didn't murder this guy for no reason now you are good <laughs> anything else we want to say about this game I mean, it, it feels, if you're interested in, like, seeing Bioware's, like, legacy here. This it, game was not made by Bioware. It wasn't, but it is definitely in that same line because it was made by Obsidian, well, which is kind clearly, of a pair with Bioware and a lot of the things, or at least it was. It's I feel anymore. like this is built on the same engine as Neverwinter, which was made by my, Bioware, so. I think it's the same. I, th I think we're dealing with the same situation as Knights of the Old Republic, Knights of the Old Rep Republic 2. What is wild to me about this is that this game James loved so much that he never played real D&D because he's like, why would I play not a video game version of this when it like... Why would I play the, a good version tailored yeah, to me and my friends? Yeah, he, he his assumption was that it could only ever be worse because like it didn't have visuals and stuff. I'm like, oh man, why would I ever play Neverwinter when I could play an actual tabletop RPG? <laughs> yeah, I give this game playing D&D &D without a dungeon master out of 10. <laughs> I mean, if this if if you are a fan of like D and D and whatnot, and this is the only way to get your fix, there are worse things. But there's also Baldur's Gate. But I mean, especially nowadays, now there's like the path the, the two Pathfinder games that are on Steam are available. Like you said, Baldur's Gate. There's a half dozen RPGs that you could just find and play that are just better than this one. You can go to literally Walmart and pick up a D and D starter set. I was going to say you could go play a Powered by the Apocalypse game for like 10 bucks. I mean, that's a little advanced, you know, be a simpler <laughs> game. You know, 5e is not that more, much more complex than Powered by the Apocalypse. It's not. The difference is that you don't have like critical success. Like, it's a lot less heroic feeling. And oh, yeah. Nothing is. There are literal games where you play gods that feel less heroic than D&D. &D. <laughs> <laughs> a low magic D&D &D setting still has twice as much magic as Tolkien or Game of Thrones. <laughs> Like, probably Tolkien and Game of Thrones together, well, I mean, all the magic. D&D has always kind of been the epitome of high fantasy. Like, D&D stuff is what I think of when I think high fantasy. Because magic is everywhere. Mm -hmm. I, I remember one time in particular, I caused a cantrip to have, like, a lizard on your head or something, Jeremy. And uh, that was hilarious to me. Um, but the fact that that's just a regular-ass cantrip that you can just do. Yeah, head lizard. Yeah, because it lizard. doesn't have a lot of combat or social <laughs> applications, so. Oh, there are plenty of social applications, and that's what I use it for. Um, no, you used it to irritate me. Well, also yeah, that. You were ir you guys apparently decided that you were just going to irritate the paladin. That, that was everybody's job. No, apparently. because Jeremy's character had a sick up his ass, which, to be fair, was your character. But... I was a paladin, and he didn't. it wasn't really that he had a stick up his ass. He was just a paladin that wasn't like, <laughs> no, we cannot do this because of law. It was just... I'm you're, a paladin, you're just, and, I, and you're like, I take an irrational dislike yeah, to you. I yeah. was <laughs> slightly against murder that was unjustified and slightly for going on the quest we had assigned, yep. and everybody hated both of those things. <laughs> I was playing a chaotic gnome alchemist. Yeah, yeah, I don't like, know what he wants. Everybody <laughs> in that party was a chaotic... Like, how many spiders did I kill that were, like, literally summoned because of the consequences <laughs> of my party members' actions that I had to defend them from? <laughs> oh, I, I do remember that. I mean, uh, that, how that many was, times I was... did I jump out of a hotel window with my sword onto some fiend that had been summoned? Only because once, of the I yes. think. <laughs> and, and 
I feel like at that point I should earn some credit. Like I feel like I'm slightly justified in my arguments if that happens once. <laughs> How many times do I have to before maybe the paladin has a point? <laughs> well, you already had a sword. You already had a point. I think that enemy got the point. <laughs> Speaking of points, we have a list of bullet points on our website, www.lastpodcast.com, that are numbered. You know, I wish I was a better DM when it came to actually like running long form campaigns because I get I, I let wacky shit like that go on and people come up with wacky shit like that in games I run. At the top, we have Chrono Trigger. That game has a great DM. At the bottom, we have City Connection. That game may or may not have a DM. <laughs> in the middle, we have Blades of Steel. The DM of that game is like Roger Goodell, right? He's the king of <laughs> hockey. I was going to say, he's not the referee, the DM of hockey. This game isn't as good as Knights of the Old Republic. I think that's unanimous. I would agree. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't have as good a story. The combat is almost interchangeable, but the I think the characters are not Republic... nearly as strong. Oh, yeah. The, the characters in Knights of the Old Republic are much better. Speaking of, this game is not as good as Final Fantasy IV. I personally don't think so. I really like Final Fantasy IV, though. I have a weird soft spot for it. Lots of people do. I mean, it's not the best one, as even on our list. Um, it was directed by a bunch of theater nerds, and you can tell. And yeah, that's why I like and it. And it does tries to do a lot of weird, interesting story stuff with what they got. I don't think it's as good as Golden Sun, although we're definitely getting warmer. Yeah, I have better I memories of Golden Sun. I agree than... with that one. Golden Sun had a little bit of... Guy dang it issues at a time, so... But it also tried to do fun stuff with puzzles, and I'll give it that. I would probably put it below the original Final Fantasy, mostly on legacy and party composition. Hey, you know what game you get to make a party of characters in that you balance and has Vanskian spellcasting from <laughs> D&D, but it does it better? Final <laughs> Fantasy. I never played Final Fantasy. Oh, that's fair. That's true. Um, I do think I agree, although we're definitely in the right neighborhood. Yeah, I got to find the next RPG, which is going to go down a bit, and then we're going to have to... I feel like you need to color code the list somehow. Um, yeah, our Jumpstart Weekly list was color coded, and then I lost it when I lost my laptop, and I lost the color coding. Um, oh, Dragon Quest Three. I would put Dragon Quest Three above this, again, because you get to build your party. I am willing to be fought on that. I would probably put this above Dragon Quest Three, largely because I found Dragon Quest 3 really boring to begin with. Like, just out of the gate, Dragon Quest 3 is really boring. This I was, one is trying, and its characters actually feel like... They are prototypes for other characters, but they feel like they're trying, whereas Dragon Quest 3 is just kind of like, I'm walking around with three blocks of wood. So, yeah, so... My, what if my, I was a bunny girl? <laughs> <laughs> my problem is, which would I rather play? It's actually Dragon Quest 3. Which do I think is the less boring game? I think it's Neverwinter. We skipped over Pokemon TCG, which I also think is better than this game. It doesn't have characters. I think I would say this game is better than Pokemon TCG, but that's got a lot more to do with the fact that uh, Pokemon TCG didn't. Like, There's a lot wrong with that game, and there's a lot wrong with that card game, or at least there was. I don't know how it's still running, but... It's, it hasn't gotten much better. I feel I, like it's probably significantly better than... Oh, it's now, significantly better. Now they have those trainers, you can only do one of a turn, which is yeah. interesting. And, I mean, I haven't played it, but... I was actually... Uh, Jen bought a bunch of like random booster packs so that someone else could paint over them recently, and I was like looking through them. I'm like, I can almost make a functional deck out of this. I think I agree with Zach. Begrudgingly, I really, really like Pokemon TCG, but... Speaking of classic games that are a little bit broken, I don't think it's as good as Harvest Moon. No... No. no. <laughs> well, oh no, I don't think I played it because that's not Harvest Moon 64. That's no, this is Super Nintendo. Moon, right? Okay, I didn't play that one. Which is a surprisingly competent game. 
Yeah, it's not as good as you want it to be, but Harvest Moon 64 and Stardew Valley exist, so that's fine. I would put it below Dr. Mario. Boy, is that apples to spaceships. <laughs> I would put it above Dr. Mario, but that's got more to do with the, like, Dr. Mario, there's not, there doesn't not feel like there's on. a whole lot going on, and I want a little bit more. My problem is, even when I'm having a lot of fun playing Dr. Mario with other people, which I have done multiple times in my life, I still only have the attention span to play like three rounds of Dr. Mario. So I think I'll have to give it to Neverwinter. So Neverwinter Nights goes at number 153, below Harvest Moon and above Dr. Mario. Ow. That's a place. <laughs> well, that's almost, that's about halfway. That's almost exactly halfway, right? Yeah, it's, je- it's like three below halfway. Yeah. I mean, it's, we, we've definitely played where, if I remember right, it's like the bottom third is the absolute garbage. Oh, uh, yeah, 217 is where you get Wonder Boy. No oh boy. Jazz Jackrabbit be up in here. Yeah, Dig Dug. Dig Dug is fine. How's Dig Dug all the way on there? Dig Dug's not good. It's fine. Yeah, it's it's fine. That's actually a uh, lot of things. Hey, Zach, do you want to play Dig Dug? I mean, for like <laughs> 20 minutes, yeah. That's more than I would give it. I actually kind of like occasionally playing those old like arcade games for just a little while. But, it's what I do to kill time on occasion. So do I, but like you could play Pac-Man. Yeah, my, my problem is like between Dig Dug and Pac-Man, I would just play Pac-Man, right? Or, or like fair. Dr. Mario. Or like Bubble Bobble? Eh. <laughs> Bubble Bobble's pretty decent. Eh, I'm not a big fan of Bubble Bobble. I like it better than Dig Dug. I think I prefer Dig Dug, but I'm weird. Man, those are some old game names. <laughs> anyway. Ask me what old video game we're playing next time. <laughs> so what are we going to be doing next time? Because it's your turn for this quarter, Jeremy. This quarter? <laughs> this ancient game called Shadow of the Colossus that people seem to really like. It was on, like, the PlayStation DOS. I've heard good things about this game, but I've never actually played it. It's quite good. Okay, so I'm going to hate it is what I'm hearing. I don't know what Zach is going to think about this game. Because Neither do I. I don't this, know. This is one of those games where I started like 50 times and have never gotten very far into it. So so the question is going to end up being, is this going to be another Ace Attorney situation? Uh, no. no. This game is... <laughs> I, I don't want to say this game is the opposite of Ace Attorney because I don't know what that would be and it would be bad, but <laughs> this game is the opposite of Ace Attorney. So next time on Last Time, the opposite of a lawyer.